can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Perfect Max from Natural Chemistry is the premier weekly maintenance product for all pools. This 3-in-1 technology enhances clarity, maximizes pool program efficiency, and prevents problems. Take every pool care program to the max with Pool Perfect Max. Whether training a new employee or enhancing your own knowledge, Natural Chemistry offers a comprehensive online training program that covers everything from basic water chemistry to maximizing efficiency and troubleshooting. Visit www.ncprotraining.com today. You hit record as I was chewing the rest of this burger. It's delicious. Hold on. <laughs> Just spit the shit out. Come on. Let's start. We Absolutely got not. Listening. That would be a waste. All right. Oh, there's people what are they listening to? They're listening to listening the to talking you pools. chew on a burger right now. <laughs> talking about. But I'm about to be talking about pools. Yes, because this is the Talking Pools Podcast. The Talking Pools Podcast. And I am Rudy Stankowitz, and I'm here with... my Your burger-eating co-host, I'm Andrea. <laughs> Hello. This is Andrea, and we are here today. That is for sure. I mean, somebody listening must diagnose you. They no, must be not. analyzing you with each episode and they can. And if you have done that and you know what's, what's wrong with Andrea, <laughs> email us at talking pools at gmail.com. Gmail. That's right. Ooh, let's say it together from now on. <laughs> hey, <clears throat> you yes. know, listeners do send in questions. We like questions. They're they're fun for us from pool professionals. But every now and then a non pool professional sends an email as well. And when that happens, I defer it out because I don't answer pool owner questions. So I defer it out to different pool professionals that I know. Usually I'll ask them where they are. If somebody's in the area, then I'll forward it out that way and just see who wants to give them a call. So here's one that I did not, this just came in. I won't even forward it. Okay. So I'm going to read it to you. It's from blah, blah, blah at, gmail.com and it says i have a cedar hot tub which i bought from northern lights it's my second hot tub from them the first tub lasted five years and then everything broke down at once including the pump filter and heater during that time i had a spa quote unquote expert come by once a month to check the overall health of the tub i have since found out that it is almost impossible to find competent advice for one thing he told me to use bromine and i would think that that is the main culprit in the short life of my tub here's the thing i have a new one i Bye. really don't want i haven't finished reading this thing yet sorry all right that's okay so i have a new one blah 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 blah. he doesn't really say anything interesting after that he lives in california <laughs> 
whatever. It's so, all interesting if he's, if he's listening. It's interesting, yes, but this isn't somebody that I would refer. This is a problem customer, and you can tell I wouldn't refer it now, and I wouldn't take it when I was doing service just for the fact that his spa expert comes in quotes and... He only he states, has them coming once a month and doesn't know what bromine is or does, apparently. He's complaining about a once-a-month service, and he says that nobody has any competent advice. This is somebody who's going to complain. This is somebody who's going to write you a bad review. And go on Google and tell you why you're wrong and Google's right. Stay away from it when you get shit like this. or You know, it's not uncommon. You go to somebody's house, they want to tell you how awful their last pool guy was. Guess what? When you're the last pool guy or gal, mm. you're going to be awful too. Yep. No matter because what you did. Because it's a pattern. Yes. They do it over and over again. So don't take shit like that. I mean, as a customer, just don't. Pass it by. Let it go. You don't have to have everybody that calls you. Not everybody is your customer. And I get it. Sometimes for the folks that are just starting out, you kind of have to take the folks that nobody else wants in order to build your business. But once you get to a point where you can cut them loose, definitely get rid of them. It's nothing personal. It's just business. And you don't need somebody who occupies 50% of your time when you have a route of 100 customers. They're going to end up costing you time. And what is time? Money. Time is money, which leads us into the next topic. Sweet. Nice segue. I'm telling you, it's almost like we rehearsed this. We never do, though. That's crazy. We never do, because you don't know what I gotta, I'm going to say. No, because I ask you, and you're like, don't worry about it. I mean, I, I just want everybody <laughs> to know <laughs> that if I sound like I don't know what the hell is going on, it's because I usually don't, and that is your fault. I don't usually know either until probably <laughs> within five minutes, either five minutes before we start or five minutes into the talk. And then it's just I, like... I mean, Shit pops up in cool. my head. Well, I mean, obviously I had that from earlier, but what are you going to do? So here, I want to talk about the Grinch. Okay. Who laid off pool employees before Christmas. Hmm. By the hundreds. That happened to me once. And it's not just one. There are a few Grinches out there. I'm not going to name any names. We're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas. This information I have from very, very good sources. One big company laying off 100 people, one laying off 500 people, all in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That is a total f***ing Grinch move. Is it not? It's real shitty for um, it's real shitty for people that clean the pools because some of them some of them rely on tips. Well, not so much. Well, some people do. Some people rely on it. Some people use it for like their Christmas money for their families and stuff. So cutting people off right before that holiday season really sucks. Well, they have this new word that they're using for it. They call it normalizing. Business has normalized. Normalized That's what? the reason. It's normalized, meaning that it's returned to normal. That big boost in sales we had from the past two years because of COVID where everybody wanted to reinvest their money into their homes. That's over now. Sales have slowed down, but these companies have taken in so much product that they're overstocked going into the next year with too much stuff that the only way they can show a profit is by getting rid of employees. Kind of like Walmart hiring the self-checkout. I mean, not hiring, but in, in implementing the self-checkouts. 
Yes, if Walmart was making a douchebag move right before Christmas and firing people so their profits could look higher, it is exactly like that. I mean, Walmart is pretty shitty, so I don't see how it doesn't apply. (laughs) It probably does, but again, we're not throwing anybody under the bus, and that was not a stab at Walmart. If you shop at Walmart, I do. <laughs> so they I spent far too much money there over the weekend. There you, I'm not shitting on Walmart, trust me. There you go. I do um I I do like their pickup feature. I have to say if anybody has been wondering about trying that, you are going to sit in your car for about a half an hour. But wouldn't you rather sit in your car in the AC or maybe walk around, you got music instead of being in the store and dealing with the self-checkout? I don't know. How would you feel sitting in your car waiting for the half an hour when you're f***ing unemployed? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because the company that you worked for said, get a box, get the fuck out. I don't see what would you, you do? Yell- I don't know why you have to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling with you. I see. You're fired up. You're... I am. I am. You're saucy. You're you're spicy. You got some pepper. Extra mustard. You know, it's just a douchebag move. Yeah, it is. Let people go right before Christmas. I mean, the reality of it is that you could have fired somebody the first week of the year. You'd have the same exact impact on everything. And then at least they would have had decent holidays. But no. No. Right now. You have sent your employees to Goodwill and yard sales to buy gifts for their young children. I hope it's not that serious. Mm. I mean, Goodwill, you get some pretty good stuff, some pretty sweet deals. On a different note, that the stock prices fell 40 to 60% for the four industry giants that none of them showed up at the International Pool and Spa show in Vegas. They were playing hooky. I have some of the, I have some stock, not a lot. Well, the cost of those booths, it's insane. That's a fact. But I have every like single $25 one of them, in Hayward's stock. <laughs> if you look back a year at what their stock position was compared to today, every one of them has took a major drop. That's a sign of bad things coming. That sucks. That is a sign that we have normalized. But the problem is citing that we normalize things in order to get rid of people. That means you have too much shit in your warehouse. That means you overpurchased in anticipation of this wave. Or you are just being a toilet paper hoarding dick. (laughs) (laughs) There's always that. (laughs) That toilet paper hoarding dick. Yep. So thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> Would you? What's your week looking like? My week, I actually used. So we were talking about this pool that I had turned. Well, it wasn't a pool that I turned blue. It was a couple of fountains, and I put Jack's uh, number two in there. Oh, it immediately went away. It's great. And what is Jack's number two for? The numbers? Copper and scale stuff. It's in Copper the bucket. Copper and scale stuff. Yeah, it's in the little cute bucket with the green labeling. 
It's a, guess what it's for? For copper and scale stuff? To remove it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's for removing copper and scale. <laughs> right there in the title. There we go. It's super easy to hey, like, figure out what you need, you know? I believe in calling it what it is. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So how does that happen, though? So the pool turned blue, right? <laughs> it's a fountain. Describe. Okay, the fountain turned blue. Describe actually what the water looked like when you say it turned blue. Um. All right. So this is just me and you. I do. Am I talking about the fiberglass pool where the water actually turned Gatorade you're blue, telling, or am I talking about you're talking the to surface that turned the blue in the fountain? the water. Talking to people about the color of the water when you turn the water blue. What does it look like? It doesn't have to be you specifically. Anyone. When somebody does this, what does the water look like? Okay. Well, so what is the I'm transformation. Copying, I had two copper incidents this this past week or whatever. One where now when I say like I'll say I turned the water blue. I don't mean that I went like a green to clean where like the water was green, there was algae, it was cloudy, whatever, and I made it blue because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to make it blue, right? But that's not what I mean. It turned a cloudy, like a milky, like not clear. Not I guess clear. Term, I guess opaque would be the term. Opaque. Yeah, you can't see the drains and some in some cases, like I couldn't see the steps, like the bottom. You can see the top step, but like, you know. Would it not be a more accurate description to say that you turned the water cloudy blue? I feel like that does not cover it. I feel like I guess you could say a cloudy blue, but in my mind, when you say that, you hazy, can still see the drain. This is like blue. a completely like somebody emptied paint or something into the. But you can't like, see through it. So milky you blue. cannot because sometimes so, you can see the cloud spreading almost like almost so like adding is, Cal Hypo or like phosphate remover. Right. But it it's literally blue. It's like it's like Smurf blue. It's like. Like you, a, a Gatorade. I got in trouble like, for using that term last week. Gatorade? Smurf blue? Yeah. Oh, well, because that's just so played out. But yet, Sp here you are using Smurf blue. I was just trying to use something that everybody no, no, could no. relate to. Because it's good. It's and okay I, for you to say, <laughs> I got it. I'm trying to relate to people because that's where the joke always goes. All right, so let's talk about the process. You got there, the water was clear. What did you add to the water to make it turn Smurf blue? So in this particular instance, now I have done this. I think I've talked about this. Maybe it got edited out. Maybe I don't, it was somewhere else. I don't know. I've done this with several different, um, at, by adding several different things. So this particular, to answer your question, it was bicarb. I added okay. bicarb and it turned blue. Now, the the more common way that I have done this, I've actually done this several times by adding liquid chlorine. Okay. Okay. And then also it happened one time. Now, not me to me personally, it happened to be my pool, but it was someone who was a manager and I'm using finger quotes like Dr. Evil manager went and put fresh water from a hose into a spa and it turned it milky Gatorade cloudy blue. All right. Let's start with the first one. Bicarb. Bicarb. Okay. So when copper is in water, 
It exists in water as hexa aqua copper. That's one copper ion and six Yo, water that's molecules. My, that's my band name. That's going to be my next band name. I may have some better ones coming up. So that's one <laughs> copper ion and six water molecules. Okay. When we add the dose of bicarb, or if we add a dose of sodium carbonate. So when we increase the number of carbonate ions in that solution, we actually form copper two carbonate hydroxide. This compound, it's completely insoluble, which is why the water gets cloudy. Eventually is it will what, settle out or it can get what, filtered out. Sorry, is that, I was just, okay, that was my question. Is that why the filter mm -hmm. turns bright blue? Mm -hmm. Yes, because you can filter it out because it's insoluble. It's no longer soluble. You've pulled the copper out of solution and made something insoluble. And that's why that's why the filter looks like it got coated in blue fun dip. Yes, because it's catching this insoluble stuff. So, yeah, so if you make something insoluble, the filter is either going to get it or it's going to settle to the floor so you can vacuum it out. And, again, what you did was you went from hexa-aqua copper, which you don't know the source, do you? How did the copper get in there? Sorry, that last bite of burger was just staring at me. Oh, my God. I don't actually know where the copper came from. There is a heater, a gas heater plumbed into the pool. I'm assuming that it came chemistry, from there. I'm uh -huh. assuming that someone fluctuated the chemistry too crazily because it's only a 2,000-gallon pool. Okay. So I imagine that it was, you know, those... Small bodies of water like that can be hard to dose, especially if you just have a tech that's like probably not super experienced, you know, which happens. Um, but I'm assuming it came from heater. Now, I do have a question for you or for anyone listening that wants to help me out. Talkingpools at gmail.com. This pool is down a hill. All right. And the homeowners have the um, turf or like it's not fake grass. It's real grass. And they have that green stuff. It's supposed to be like the barrier between the, the dirt and then the grass, or it's like grass food. There was a bunch of that green stuff in the bottom of the pool. And so I'm wondering, no, it wasn't algae. It was like, it's a sandy texture and I see it on like golf courses. So I'm wondering if that has like copper in it, if that has metals in it or whatever to help. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, it's a good maybe question. Not. It's a good question. Or maybe it could not, have come from the heat exchanger. If it was not taken care of properly, the water. But wouldn't or, that, I mean, or, how much copper is going to come from a heat exchanger? Like you would be surprised. Have you seen the size of a heat I exchanger? I would be surprised. No, I actually haven't. They're huge. Mm -hmm. Really? It's the, the entire width and length of the heater. Oh, okay. Another possibility is they actually just added the copper to the water intentionally. Um, I mean, I understand that that's always a possibility, and I'm not saying mm -hmm. no 100%. I'm saying no 99%. Because it was there when you got there, and what makes you think no? <laughs> hey, look, here's rule number one. Everybody listening, customers lie. Don't yeah, forget but, that. No, yeah, customers why, lie. They, and would, the way you ask, they do, but why would they add copper and nothing else to the pool? There wasn't even any, excuse me, there wasn't even any Seriously. algae for them to be like adding copper. Maybe they were adding copper so they wouldn't get algae. Mm. I mean, that's the whole thing. And you have, and asking a customer a question is actually an art because if you ask somebody a yes or no question and they feel I defensive, just can't they see. are always going to say no. 
I know, but I just can't see a person paying for a service and then like wanting the cheapest service and bitching about price increases and bitching about the cost of chemicals. And then they're going to go add their own copper. Like I said, there's no, there was no algae. It wasn't an algae problem. When you took over this fountain, did it have water in it? Yeah. Have you changed the water? No. Is it possible they added it before you started? No. (laughs) It's just not a thing people do. Now, first of all, you're now you're now you're mixing up and pools because first we were talking about not at all. Yes. We, yes, you did. We were talking about the pool that I turned blue, which was a fiberglass 2000 gallon pool. The fountain that did not turn blue, the water stayed clear. I, I stained the the surface. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. The features turn blue, the surface, which is a black pebble tech that that all turned blue and everything. The water came in contact with all the travel team. Well, hold, hold that thought. No, right now. (laughs) <laughs> the one there, you turned the water blue. The reason it turned blue is because that dose of bicarb you added caused a transformation. You formed a new compound. It went what from hexa aqua copper. Hexa aqua copper. You got to say that that's like what you started times with. fast. Hexa aqua copper. That's what you started hexa, with. Hexa and from aqua. there, it turned to copper to Sulfate? carbonate hydroxide. Hey, Amy, it's Rudy. How are you? Hey, good, Rudy. How are you? Good. First things first, you don't mind if I record this for educational purposes, do you? No, I don't mind. Of course not. Okay, fantastic. So this is the um, one of the less fun parts of what we do. So why don't you tell me what exactly you have going on, and then we'll talk about what we need to do to s- fix it, to remediate the issue. Okay, so I have a friend that worked, he's a fireman, and he called and said that they had a call from a hazmat team saying there was a suicide in a local pool, and they needed somebody to come and um, clean up the water, super chlorinate the water. Okay. Um, And so I haven't been there yet. I haven't been to the site to see it. I want to know what I can prepare for to look for when I get there. I do have the DPD FAS chlorine test kit. Okay, fantastic. So I know that I can handle reading it, but this isn't your normal, you know, number two or um, in the pool. The body has been removed at this point, correct? Correct. Okay. All fluids were released. We're going to always assume that whenever anybody dies in any situation, what we need to do is treat the water for the worst possible case scenario. We need to make sure that we handle it correctly. Very first thing I need you to do, get liquid impervious gloves, get yourself apron, a mask, a shield, whatever you need in doing this first test that water to see if there's a cyanuric acid level, and that's going to help us to determine which way we'll go about treating this water. If there's anything that you can see, scoop out what you can. Make sure the pool is closed. You're going to raise the chlorine level up to 20 parts per million. Confirm that with our FASDPD, because that's the only test kit that you can use that can confirm a level that high. pH is 7.5 or lower. 
bring the chlorine level up to 20 parts per million, and then hold it for 12.75 hours. And keep in mind, this is not a dump and run situation where we can just add enough chlorine and hope that it lasts throughout that entirety of time. We need to check the water repeatedly. I would test it about once every 30 minutes. Chlorine, pH, chlorine, pH for the entirety of that 12.75 hour period of time. Bullet point every step, every test. What it looked like when you got there, what you had to do, just step by step by step, and then just keep that documentation on hand just in case it that it's needed. Take as many photos as you can of anything that's sticks out or even anything that doesn't as far as striking you as odd, anything along those lines, anything that you see in the pool, anything that anybody left behind up on the decking, firemen, paramedics, photographs of the whole scenario. Okay. Now, yes. Board documentation pictures. If the water does have a cyanuric acid level, the first thing you're going to need to do is drop that cyanuric acid level to 15 parts per million or lower. Yeah, we're going to have to drain some. You're also going to most likely need a different method of testing in order to test a cyanuric acid level that low. Your Taylor test visual determination method of testing cyanuric acid can only read a level as low as 20 parts per million. In fact, the test block actually only has a level as low as 30. It can go down to 20, but the line's not there for it. You're going to need a photometer in order to measure a level 15 or lower. I don't have either one on hand, correct? No, I don't. For my cyanuric acid test, being this is something that has to happen right now, this isn't something that you can order and wait for it to come in, I would bring a sample to a pool store and have them test the cyanuric acid level and have them use a photometer. Okay. Most of them are using a spin touch now anyway. That would work perfectly fine. Okay, the spin touch, if they don't have the photometer, the spin touch is fine. Well, the spin touch, it is a photometer, so yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once we've lowered the cyanuric acid level, now you can raise your chlorine level up to 20 parts per million, just like we were going to do before. We need the pH, again, at 7.5 or lower. And we need to, as long as there's even one part per million of cyanuric acid left in that water, you're going to need to hold that chlorine level at 20 parts per million for 28 hours. Okay. The cyanuric acid is from 1 to 15 parts per million. I have to hold the 20 parts per million of chlorine for 28 hours. Correct. Okay. Testing it. 30 minutes. I wouldn't go any more than that. If, God forbid... Somebody does swim in the pool and contract crypto or anything else later on. It's all going to come back to this one incident, no matter what it's from. And if you do have to go to court or show how this was treated, you want detailed documentation and you want it to be thorough. And we want to make sure that we do our due diligence. The reason I have you looking at it every 30 minutes is anytime the chlorine level drops below 20, we have to wait a longer period of time. So it's just best to keep it above 20. And once every 30 minutes is probably good enough for you to tweak it here and there over that course of time. Okay, so this might sound like a silly question, but 28 hours is overnight also. 
28 so, hours. Correct. So am I, you're suggesting that I go there. I'm suggesting it's for the full 28 hours. If you have team mem, I mean, obviously if you're doing this by yourself, it becomes difficult, but if you have team members, employees, staff that can test water for you. So this way you can sleep during the process, at least some of it, that would be beneficial. Now, of course, we cannot rule out the solution that runs through everybody's head right off the bat. You could just drain it. Right. Just replace all the water, drain it. So that is a solution? Absolutely. And then chlorine wash the walls? Correct. Now, that's going to depend. I mean, it depends a lot on how big the pool is. It depends a lot on the water tables in your area, which are, I'm assuming, may still be fairly high because you're right yeah. in that storm area uh, from the from the hurricane a little bit ago. And then where the cyanuric acid level is, if there's cyanuric acid in the water. Because once you get to the point where you're draining out 90% of the water, because let's say the cyanuric acid level is at 100 parts per million, which happens – if it's at 100 yeah. parts per million, yeah. you know you need to drain or 85% of the water to get it down to 15 parts per million. Once you've drained that much, I would keep going, me personally. But again, yeah. that's dependent upon the water tables. And of course, if the war- groundwater level is high, it's not the best idea in the world to take water out of the pool unless you are with well points and can have those installed. And I would most likely then have a well point company do that. So those are, those are the options that we're looking at. Okay. That is, those are definitely some options. <laughs> they are. And all of them take a long time. I mean, the best case scenario yeah. is there you've come up on a pool that's not using any cyanuric acid. Exactly. So in that's, Florida. I think that's what I was thinking. There's no cyanuric acid. Then you can go ahead with the 20 parts per million for 12 and three quarter hours. Correct. Testing every 30 minutes. Correct. Um, that would be, that would be one stroke of luck. That would be ideal. Now here's the other thing. Yeah. Are you heading there now? No, I'm not heading there now. I'm waiting for a phone call back. Okay. So the other thing is, as always, you can call me from on site. You can FaceTime me from on site if I need to see something. Okay, uh, great. Whatever means of communication you need to help you take care of this correctly, I am more than happy to partner with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm sure I will take you up on that. I do have an app, so I'm, as I'm, sitting here talking to you about this, I'm, you know, going through my head, the things that I need to get together, like gloves, because obviously I need to, you know, wear some PPE around this water. As far as your equipment goes, once you scoop out whatever there is to scoop out and dispose of it properly, all of your equipment that went in the water should go in the pool and should go through the same process that the water goes through in order to sanitize it correctly. So if we're looking at 20 parts per million for 12.75 hours with a pH of 7.5 or less, your equipment is in that pool for that 12.75 hour period of time. Makes sense. I remember you saying that 
several times. Just to include the price of those items in the bid that you give these folks. So now it's their net, it's their test kit, it's their whatever touched the water, and you can go buy yourself some new stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that point. That makes sense. Let me know when you're heading that way. I'll make sure that I'm available and I'll keep an ear open for the phone. And then definitely. Do you have time to answer one more question? Sure. Okay. So can you, can we go over in the basic 10,000 gallon pool, how much chlorine to use to get to 20 parts per million? I can't, considering can. that maybe there's no chlorine in it. I mean, I have the books. And I just have to go get them out and figure it out. Correct. But I, I have you on the line, so that's why I asked you. <laughs> so what type of chlorine would you be using? I would be using liquid chlorine. So then it's going to be one gallon of 10% gives you 10 parts per million in 10,000 gallons. It makes the math super easy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I think ours is 12%. Okay. But and if you're, I have to research it, obviously, to make sure so I can be accurate on my equations. Correct. And obviously, the harm is in underdosing, not overdosing. So if you put in a little bit too much, I wouldn't stress it if it makes it easier for you to measure. We're not worried here about... Uh, I mean, I'm not worried about surpassing 20 parts per million. I'm worried about not hitting 20 parts per million. Okay. So now reducing the level of chlorine after. You would use sodium thiosulfate or you could use ascorbic acid or you could just let it come down on its own. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. And yes, of course the final Once step. Again, you were fantastic. Oh, I'm sorry. What? The I final, didn't interrupt. The final step is to those filters. Yes. And they did call and um, recommend, obviously ask me for uh, a new filter because it's okay. a cartridge filter. So it'll be a new uh, cartridge filter installed after the processes. If if I get to proceed with this, uh, well, thank, thank you so much, Rudy. Oh. So it, it, I wouldn't be able to even think about tackling this if I didn't have you to partner with. I just so happened on your suggestion months ago by the FAS DPD test kit. Good. Just to have it. Now it pays off. So yes, you got this. Call me. Let me know how it works out. Let me know when you're there. If you need me, if you don't need me, that's great too. Call me and tell me what a great job you did. Whichever way you need me, I'm here for you. Thank you so much, Rudy. I appreciate it. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Hugs. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Rudy and Andrea will be right back with more Flock at Fridays after these messages. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable, and these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with a pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleanings faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. 
Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Pool Magazine is the hottest new publication for the pool and spa industry. Featuring up-to-the-minute news on what's happening in the pool world in a fresh new stylized format with our mobile-friendly app. Pool Magazine is the app for keeping your fingers on the pulse of the pool industry. You'll find featured news, editorials, podcasts, videos, and more on the Pool Magazine app. Download on Google Play and the App Store. Go back to the Hexa Aqua Copper. Hexa Aqua Copper. Hexa Aqua Copper. Again, that sounds like a character in the Goonies. One. (laughs) Hey, you guys. No, that would be Sloth. I'm talking about Chester Copperpot and his cousin, Hexa Aqua Copper. So, (laughs) one copper ion, six molecules of water. If you were to add a dose of muriatic acid, Muriatic acid, when it hits water, dissociates into hydrogen and chloride because okay. it's H- HCl. Wait, right? I'm sorry. I was distracted. Can you say that again? When you add muriatic acid to the water, let's to the water. Let's say you went here and the total alkalinity was actually high. So you decided you'd add a dose of muriatic acid. Muriatic acid is hydrochloric acid. So the formula for muriatic acid is HCl. When the HCl hits the water, it dissociates into both hydrogen, which we know lowers the pH, right? Because pH mm-hmm. is the measurement of hydrogen activity. Potens hydrogen. Measured in the reverse. Yeah. And then we also get from the HCl is chloride. So when you add that dose of acid, the chloride from the muriatic acid can actually displace the water molecules around the copper ion. And instead of having six water molecules, now you end up with four chloride. This is called tetrachlorocuprate. That sounds like a that sounds like a Phil Collins song. Genesis. I don't know why I just came up with that. That turns the water green, crystal clear green, like green Gatorade. You can see through it mm. perfectly. Just has a green tint to it. That too should go away on its own after a little while. I kind of feel like we're in a video game. Have you ever played it like a, like a, I I feel like it was in Donkey Kong country, the super Nintendo one where it was like the different colored water meant different. Like you couldn't touch the green water cause that would poison you. And you got, I don't know that just flashed into my head too. Sorry. Now the staining that you ran into in your fountain. Okay, so here's what happened with the fountain. Okay, now this is like a 500 and so the water features are it's copper and it's like one of those raining fountains. So it's like one strip of copper at the top with like a bunch of holes in it and then it just rains down into the water below. So there's a lot of um, splashing action. So the pH obviously was super, super duper high and the, um, the uh the other thing <laughs> the alkalinity <laughs> the alkalinity was super high um so i put in some acid but i overdosed it by mistake wah, okay wah, wah. okay 
So I come back two days later. That was on like a Monday or it was a Wednesday. And then I came back whatever day to, I do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Anyway, it was totally blue. Everything that the water touches. So, and it's all travertine. It's like marble and like, or not marble, but um coral. Um, so basically, like I said, everything that the water touched. So everywhere that rain curtain splashed up on the back, up on the sides, on the coping, even on the little sculpture that's in the center there, like everything is blue. Now the customer hasn't said anything. Knock on wood. Thank, you know, uh-huh. Buddha, Jesus, God, whoever. Uh, so yeah, so they, they haven't said anything, but, um, and then the other, the other fountain I did it to actually, I did not accidentally drop the pH somehow the pH and the alkalinity shot way up. Now that one also has the copper water features. That one came from the high pH and high alkalinity. I don't know where that all came from. Okay. But it was the same same exact thing that happened with the fountain that I overdosed the pH. The everywhere the water came in contact, all the splashing, you know, if the water like pooled up and like because there there's like spillovers, every everything was blue. Okay. It worked. Like I I made it into a little bit of a paste and right. I rubbed it on there and it came off immediately. The blue was completely gone. Okay. So you overdosed it with acid and what you did was you completely, so you went right past tetrochlorocuprate and directly into Phil Collins. You went directly into maybe talking heads. Oh my God. Copper hydroxide. Stop it. Copper two hydroxide. That's what gives you that bluish staining on the walls and the floor of the pool and the different features. Well, it's pretty. It is pretty, but it's, it's usually blotchy staining, so not so pretty. This one happened to be a spillover wall. Sorry. A spillover wall, so where the water touched is just completely blue. All the little coral n- notches and stuff. When you have a pool and it has a copper level and you broadcast Cal Hypo. It turns black. You get these black blotchy stains on the wall and floor of the pool. This is not a dissociation it's reaction. It's a degradation it's- reaction it's different from plating so it's different from like if you have the black staining from like low alkalinity you're turning what you have you're taking that copper hexa aqua copper and you're going through a few different transformations but ultimately you're ending up with cupric oxide which is also insoluble which settles out on the walls and floor of the pool leaving you with that black blotchy staining that too should go away on its own after a little while, maybe what, 10 to 12 hours. We have shown how you can expedite that, get rid of it in about two minutes. We're not talking aluminum. about the same thing. What? We're, We're talking not about talking... copper problems. I know, but what I'm, are you, what are you talking, I'm about? talking about is different. The black blotchy stains you get when you add calcium hypochlorite or any large dose of chlorine when you have a copper level normally do go away by themselves after several hours. However, you can expedite that by adding just enough aluminum sulfate, just a sprinkle, just enough to cover it. And it will go away in about one to two minutes. So what I've been recommending, and and cupric oxide is uh, CuO, if anybody needs the formula for that. But that was what we've the been, most unscientific <clears throat> dose I've ever heard in my life. The formula? Yes. Yeah, just a sprinkle. That's it. 
No, just, just a, a sprinkle. sprinkle. Yeah. Well, it is just a sprinkle. You want to add just enough to cover it. We're not looking to flock the pool. You don't want to. It's not a green to clean where we need to add an exorbitant amount. And I don't know how big your stain is. So I really can't in the tell you end? how much you add. It takes a minute to dissolve. <laughs> you just sprinkle. Dude, go to your supermarket. Take a breath. <laughs> go to your supermarket. <laughs> and purchase the stupid little thing of alum from the spice aisle, McCormick's. That's enough for most stains. It's like two ounces. Yep. Oh. You don't need much. You just need a sprinkle. <laughs> but because... That's an industry term. Because of the... <laughs> aluminum is more reactive than copper, so by adding the aluminum sulfate... It displaces the copper, and that then lifts out the stain. Do you have to vacuum to waste after that, or can you just no. like, brush it? Okay. No, you should be able to just brush it. It should be fine. It depends on how much you had to add. Where does the stain Obviously, go? Obviously, it goes away. The copper is still in the water. Does it show up in your neighbor's pool? With any of these things, it could. With <laughs> any of these things, you should add some type of sequestering agent stain preventative chelating agent afterwards to control the copper in the water. So that way you are less likely to run into these issues. Again, if there's copper in the water and you're not using a copper algicide, then it shouldn't be there. We want to get rid of it entirely. If you're using a copper algicide on a regular basis, then Stop you need it. to take, well, you need to take a look <laughs> at how much you have in there. There's a good chance that you just overdosed it. Most people don't check their copper level. They just add copper algicide and go on about their life. Do, 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 do. That's wrong. It's or irresponsible. You got, or you got you... builders or you got builders with their copper water features and their rain, making it high pH, making the conditions ideal for that. Hello, is, builders. You're listening to me. It is a possibility. But... Because the customer goes, ooh, I want copper and I want it to cascade into the pool. And then nobody stops and goes, hmm, that might be a problem for someone down the road. Or maybe they do and they don't give a shit about who it affects. Like me. And there you have it. <laughs> Andrea has a bone to pick with builders who install copper features. That's right. She would like to say. And not just copper features, but also like. Stop it. The, also, the stupid sheer descents, like make sure you dial that shit in so it just like kind of poops into the water and doesn't make a whole Did fucking you say spa poops, out of it. Poops bloop. into the water. No, I said oh, bloops. Bloop. Okay. Bloop. Gotcha. You have to do it high pitch, otherwise it doesn't work. Okay. So. <laughs> You're not going to do it. No, I'm not okay. going to do it. <laughs> Copper cyanurate. What's that? That is when everything turns purple. Yes. I've Blotchy done that purple staining. I did that one time and I didn't know what it was. And then years later, like last year, I was like, oh, shit, that was copper cyanurate. Why does it happen? Uh, high copper and high cyanuric acid. Okay. Very good. Copper it forms a cyanurate. New, it forms a new compound. It's metal complexation. It's Copper, purple. Cyanurate. It's exactly the same thing we're doing when we remove cyanuric acid with aluminum sulfate. We're creating aluminum cyanurate, which is and insoluble. It's like, 
and it settles out and you vacuum it away. Same thing here, except it's settling out and it's leaving staining. And well, it's it, like it kind of is like crystallizes on the surface. I had it, it happen does. in an acrylic. The it was in an acrylic spa that I had it happen mm-hmm. in. Excuse me, and um, it was like a. Excuse me again. Sorry, almost like chalky, like a, like crusty. It was like a little if bit of a. If you look at it, if you look at it under a microscope, it looks like little amethyst crystals. <laughs> I wish I had done that. I didn't even know what it was at the time. Like I said, it was very recently that I, w- I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, I have had that happen one time before. I've never turned anything red. Back in the that's- day, we used to call it purple haze. Uh, that's how they have it listed in the uh, the, the stain class. Oh, there you go. Okay. So there's only one other place in the world this exists. What per, per, cyanurate, copper cyanurate? Yeah, is it the cyanurate. desert in Egypt or something? Something it like is that? not the desert in Egypt. Do you remember how cyanuric acid is made from PP? It's from the heat degradation of synthetic urea. Ah, fake PP, real PP would work too. So, okay. when, when urea is heat degraded, undergoes. Yeah. When, when you heat degrade urea, you end up with two different products. You get melamine and cyanuric acid. Matching erasers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and plates. Correct. Uh-oh. So you get melamine. magic erasers. Yes. So <laughs> hold on a second. No. Okay. So... <laughs> You get two different things. You get melamine and cyanuric acid. Cyanuric acid, we put into the water. If you have too high of a level and too high of a copper level, you get this new compound, copper cyanurate, that we discussed. A few years ago, a few years ago, there were these gemologists on the side of a mountain in Peru who found in a crack in a rock under large piles of bat guano, Guano. That's bat That's poop. Bat. That is bat poop. What they found was you cannot these put that on tiny, a cracker. Tiny purple crystals, which they named Joannamite. Aw, she must have been so excited. When they put it under the whatever spectroscope to see what the formula the was and break it down, they found <laughs> that the formula was exactly the same as cyanuric acid. So one can only theorize that it happened in much the same way because this was covered under mounds and mounds and mounds of bat guano and bats poop and pee at the same time. Do they have, are they like birds? They are like birds, except they're rats with wings. So they're up there hanging upside down. If they poop when they're hanging upside down, does it not run upon themselves? These are the questions I want to know. Anyway... (laughs) Anyway, I don't think they poop when they're upside down because that is a that is, I mean, a logical the train of thought. Fermentation of the bat guano generates heat. That makes sense. The urea that's in the bat guano would then over decades or hundreds of years, even of this fermentation process where it's generating heat 
would then cause the same thing to occur. And what we would create is melamine and cyanuric acid. And then the cyanuric acid that we created from the bat poop would react with any copper that was in the stone. And that's what would give us copper cyanurate on the side of a mountain in Peru, otherwise known now as joannamite. So it's not a new discovery for them. They must have been really pissed off when they found out joannamite growing in poorly maintained swimming pools for decades. It must have totally popped their bubble when they thought they came back with something new and found out it was only copper cyanurate. Can we make um can we make jewelry out of it? Can like we make earrings? Can you harvest it and send it to me and I will put it in resin and make it earrings. I'll start I'll be like the small business owners on TikTok. You can go on Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah, I'll Lord, put Lori Grenier can sell your batshit earrings. Trademark, trademark. I'm going to make some pool chemical f- situation. Oh, I thought jewelry. you meant on the on the side of the mountain. You were going to sell bat batshit earrings. No, scrape. If somebody has copper cyanurate in the pool, <laughs> scrape it out and send it to me, and I'll make a necklace out of it. Your wife will gotcha. love it. So you are not looking to make earrings out of batshit. You're just plain old batshit crazy all on your own. That's right. Thanks for um thanks to everybody for listening. Um we have fun doing this. Let us know about your questions and stuff. Um I said the email a bunch of times. Listen to our other shows because they're great. They and are. And that's it. I hope you guys have a great weekend. <laughs> let us know what you thought of Wayne's new show. And let us let us know if you want me to make you jewelry Wayne's. out of copper cyanurate. Whether it's from the pool or from the bat. Well, I don't want to deal with bat. Copper shit, so. cyanurates, where it's at. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, Wayne's show. Yeah, Wayne's show. Let us know what you think of that. Let let us know what you thought. His first show was yesterday. We certainly snatched him right up out of retirement, didn't we? He was retired for four days. And and we grabbed him. Like, wait a minute. Are you you bored, Wayne? We knew he was going to get bored. We just wanted to get him. Yeah. Well, you know, he couldn't stay away from the pool stuff. So, you know, this is our gift. There you go. So anybody listening, let us know what you thought of Wayne's show. We And, uh, you know, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. And we do. you are the reason that we do this. And hopefully you appreciate the content. We work hard to bring you real talk and keep you up to date on what's going on in the industry, whether mm-hmm. it's good and light and fluffy or total bullshit. We want you to know. Bringing you the news live and direct or some shit. I don't know. We'll work on it. We got to figure We got to do a tagline for sure. What she, what she said. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) All right, guys, I will catch you next week. I'm Rudy. I'm out. Be good. Andrea. I left already. (laughs) Be safe.
I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 